0: Yeah, that's my walkout song during this series. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, so this series is simply called Living on a Prayer. And, uh, and it's really basically all about moving beyond life's emergencies. It's not just about um, uh, praying when, when bad things happen when you're, when you're in the ER. And recently I was in the ER. Thank you, by the way, for y'all praying for me. I I had uh, wrist surgery this week. And um, thank you so much for all the prayers. And, And I get this sort of splint off this week. And I start physical therapy. Um, on Wednesday, and so that's, uh, that's a whole other process, but I did uh, fall and break my wrist. I felt like a goober, but um, you know, sometimes the Lord allows those things to happen to say, all right, let's slow down just a little bit, and let's depend on, on uh, so many people, And uh, but we're, we're grateful for that. I, I, I appreciate the prayers. Also, if you pray for my wife, she's uh, not feeling well and uh, she's got a virus or, or something so she couldn't teach on on Friday and and it's um it's, it's kind of funny we we actually had some people reach out to us whenever i broke my wrist and say do y'all need meals and i'm like i don't do the cooking I mean, I don't cook. I mean, I just can put something in the microwave, that's it, and, you know, or order something in the drive-thru. Uh, but it actually worked out great because Suzanne wasn't feeling well, and, and uh, so uh, she was kind of down. And, you know, when mama's down, everything's down, right? At least that's how it is in my house. And so, um, so anyway, appreciate all the prayers uh, for that. But, you know, praying is something that we should be doing every day of our lives, and not just in the big things, and the big times, in the, in the emergencies. And yes, obviously, we need to be praying through the emergencies, but last week when we started off this series, we really kind of talked about the priority of prayer, the priority of prayer, and really, I brought it down to two words, pray first, pray first, in fact, if you walked in today, you should have received a wristband. And that wristband is something, it's, it's something that we're giving to everybody. And if, you, if you're online, if you want to reach out to us, let us know if you want a wristband. We can help you with that. But this wristband simply says, pray first. And what it is, it's, it's a reminder to what? Pray first. Before you walk into that meeting, before you go to, you go to school, before you start taking that, that, that test, before you start that, that game, or, or whatever the situation may be, even just starting the day or, or going in your car, before you start your car, what are you going to do? Pray first. And so I would love for you to just wear this as a reminder to pray first. I've actually had it on for the last few days because I got mine a little bit sooner and, and stuff. And so I, it has actually helped me to pray first. I was backstage while the video was going. What was I doing? I was lifting up the Lord Jesus Asking the Lord, just pray, just uh, work through me and speak through me. And so prayer is something that we want to do. And so last week we talked about the priority of prayer, which is praying first. And so when we pray first and we tune into those things, we're going to understand that there's power when we pray. There's power in prayer. Prayer is kind of like a diesel engine. My dad was a truck driver. Growing up, he was a long-distance truck driver. He'd, he'd go all the way across the country. He'd be gone for weeks. He'd come back, and he'd park his, uh, his 18-wheeler at our house. And, um, and so when I was little, I actually wanted to be a truck driver, and uh, so I used to actually draw pictures of trucks. And I, as a little kid, I had, I'd, have, I'd have trucks. You know, remember the, 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 the toys that were like the die-cast, you know, metal? You know, just, you know, rugged. I mean, you look like you sit on them, you, you know, and everything. And so I had the trucks and the trailer. And, man, I'd, I'd be like driving around the house with that thing. I wanted to be a truck driver. And my dad would tell me a little bit about the truck. And he'd show me his, his sleeper bed in the back and how everything works. But one thing that was really interesting is that a, a, a semi, an 18-wheeler has what is called a diesel engine, as you probably know. And so this diesel engine, which is really unique about it, uh, number one, it's, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful engine. It has the ability to carry heavy loads long distance. That's what it's made for, to carry heavy loads at a long distance. But it's also what's really interesting about a diesel engine is you don't necessarily... Need to cut it off. In fact, there were many times my dad he would come home, especially when it when it was cold. He would come home and, and he would keep the truck running. And I would say, Dad, you need to turn your truck off. And he said, Well, no, son. I need to keep it running all night. I was like, Well, it run out of gas? He says, No, it won't run out of gas. I said, Why do you do that? He says, Well, it, it it's harder for the engine to start it in the cold when it's not running than just let it run all night. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So he would have his truck just running all night. In fact, when you, when you drive around and you're driving at night and on the roads and on the truck stops, uh, many of those trucks, those trucks are running all night because it's just better for the engine. You just keep it going. Isn't that, isn't that kind of how prayer is? Never shut it off. Never shut off our prayer. Just keep it going. My dad wakes up in the morning. He gets in. He doesn't have to start it. It's right where he left it, and he could just put it in gear and go. When we're putting our life into gear and we're ready to go, prayer's always there. We just pick up. We don't have to restart it, you know? We just set it there, and when we, when we come back to it. So we talked a little bit last week about pray without ceasing or stopping. So so I could diesel engine. A second thing about prayer is that it can help us carry life's heavy loads a long distance. It can help us carry life's heavy loads at a long distance. And so diesel engines are kind of like prayers. And so today we're going to be talking about the power of prayer. Last week, we talked about the priority of prayer, pray first. Today, we're going to talk about the power of prayer. And we're going to look at, um, we're going to be focusing on Acts chapter 4. So if you have your, your written copy of God's Word or your digital copy of God's Word, if you want to turn to Acts chapter 4, the book of Acts is in the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. So it's a, like the fifth book in the, in the Bible. And the book of Acts was uh, written uh, by Luke, who actually wrote the Gospel of Luke. Luke was not a, a one of the 12 apostles or disciples, and so Luke uh, wrote the book of Acts. And the Acts is really all about how, how Jesus or how the Holy Spirit started the church and how the church thrived and how they were uh, not only thrived, but how they were in all kinds of uh, sticky situations and, 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 and bad situations. And so there's, uh, the book of Acts is, is, has a lot of rise and fall to it. It has some great moments, has some scary moments. And the life of the church. And so we're going to be mostly in, in, in Acts chapter 4. But I want to, um, I want to uh, kind of focus in on this, on this uh, chapter. And it's basically a prayer gathering. And it's all about Peter and John, who were disciples. They were reporting back to the community of believers after going before the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin was, it was basically the, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the teachers of the law. Okay, So this this select group of Sanhedrin uh, for the Jewish community, for uh, the Jews. And so they had been called, Peter and John had been called to testify before these powerful leaders because of the encounter Peter and John had with the lame beggar outside the temple gates the day before. Crippled since the birth, the day of birth, this man had asked the two disciples for money. Now, if you go back one chapter earlier in chapter 3, verses 6 through 10, we actually see this sort of encounter with Peter, John, and the crippled man. And it says this, then Peter said, silver and gold I, um, I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, last week we talked about short prayers, how God listens to simple prayers, short prayers, even even if you think your prayer is a stupid prayer, okay? It doesn't matter. God listens to those prayers, and he listens to sustained prayers. Remember, don't turn it off like a diesel engine. And so here's an example of a short prayer. A powerful prayer. Even short prayers can be powerful if we combine it with faith in the name of Jesus. By the way, don't forget about the name of Jesus when you pray. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. There's power in the name of who? Jesus. Jesus. And so when we pray, just like this, it doesn't matter if they're long prayers or short prayers. We need to pray in the name of Jesus. So he said, name of Jesus, Nazareth, walk. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then, um, Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who had been used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So you have this situation where this beggar was sitting outside. Now, I need you to make sure you understand something. Timeline. Jesus had already been... Murdered on the cross, he laid down his life, was buried, rose again, hung out for about 40 days. We had the he ascended into heaven. We had the the power of the Holy Spirit come at Pentecost in Acts chapter two. So Jesus is already in heaven, sitting next to his his heavenly, uh, sitting next to his heavenly Father, and the church has already begun. So the Sanhedrin, the Jewish people who were all part of crucifying Jesus, they don't like that the, his disciples are now doing things that Jesus did in healing people and all of this stuff. They just want for this all to go away. Just want all this to go away. It kind of reminds me of some things that are happening now, even in our federal government and <laughs> some people, that they just want all of this stuff to go away right they're just trying to make all this disappear but it just keeps coming up you know why because it's probably truth and truth will stand and so this right here is truth we can pray in the name of Jesus for healing to take place and God is not going um, to pause that and there's nothing that this world can do to stop the move of God and the Holy Spirit and so, that is what's happening. And so, this Sanhedrin, this group of people, they brought in Peter and John and began to question them. Because what happened is, the crowd started coming around this beggar, this, this layman, this guy who was, who was layman, and biblical scholars say he was about 40 years old at this time. And so... He was well-known because every day he sat at the, at, at the gate called Beautiful, and now he's, he's running and leaping and praising God, so something has happened. So the crowd was gathered around him, and this man was close to Peter and John. And he says, okay, there's a large crowd here. So Peter and John, what did they do? They took this opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what happened? You can, you can actually read this. It, it, they, they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they had about 5,000 people come to Christ just because that they healed through the name of Jesus a beggar. But the religious leaders did not like that. So what, what did they do? They brought Peter and John and they had them jailed, put into prison for this. And then the next day, the Sanhedrin, this select group, decided they would sort of interrogate or question these two disciples. But they refuse to back down from preaching about Jesus and demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit. Their blunt testimony... Put the Sanhedrin members in sort of a quandary. And if you go to chapter 4 now, in verse 21, we see this. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. They didn't know what to do with them. Rather than hiding or complaining or whining about how mistreated and misunderstood they had been for doing a good deed... Peter and John went to their power source in prayer to recharge. This powerful prayer meeting is found in Acts 4, starting at verse 23 through 31. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to read these verses, Acts chapter 4, verse 23 through 31, and this prayer meeting. And what we're going to do is we're going to see some elements in this prayer meeting that we're going to be able to implement into our lives to include power in our prayer and to understand that prayer has power. So let's read Acts chapter 4 verse 23. It says this, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they had heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David, uh, your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his Holy One. Man, you could put that in (laughs) today's. Right? Uh, uh, living. What we're, what we're living in today, This those verses work. Verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Remember, these guys are praying. They're praying right now. This is part of their prayer. They did what you Uh, what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, stretch out your hand to heal, and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So what do we see here? Their example of this prayer and this prayer meeting demonstrates three important points of the powerful prayers that still apply to us. So let's explore each of these ways. First of all, we see we see unified prayer. Unified prayer. There, um, there in verse twenty-four. When they had heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. You know, it's interesting. They didn't wait for the spiritual leaders of Peter and John. Well, Peter and John are here. They walk with Jesus. Let's let them pray. No, nope. They didn't take turns in, in, in circles and sort of you know, pray. You ever remember? I remember this in, in youth group. You just stand in circles and you, and you hold hands and, and you just take turns and you just go around praying. And, and one person would pray. And, and, and when they're done, they'd squeeze their hand. And then the person would know, okay, it's my turn because they're done. All right? Because you don't want to say amen because the prayer just keeps going. Any of y'all done this? Okay, or is this just kind of freaky? All right, all right. So what you do is you just, you just squeeze the hand of the person next to you and you say, that's let you know, I'm done. And, but what's really interesting, if you don't want to uh, pray, and if you, if you get the squeeze of the person's hand next to you, you just squeeze immediately the hand of the person next to you to let them know, dude, I'm not praying, <laughs> right? So pass, all right? I'm going to pass, go. And so you just kind of squeeze that. You know, none of that was happening in this prayer meeting. You know, they, they, they were just taking turns praying for that they raise their voices together in prayer. Prayer has the greatest impact when prayed in one accord. Unified prayers are powerful. Why? Because God longs for his people to come together. In prayer, we even read this in Second uh, Chronicles, back in the Old Testament. You don't have to, you don't have to turn there, but in Second Chronicles 7:14, it says this: If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. With all that's happening in the world today, at every level. This promise seems to be more urgent perhaps ever before. Unified prayer. And, and I'm going to say this. I would encourage you, and this is something that, this is actually one of my prayers as, as a shepherd and the pastor of this church. I want us to get to a point in our church when we pray, we pray together out loud. We pray together. You say, well, Pastor Frank, I don't, I don't really want people to hear my prayer. Yet yeah, there are times when you pray to God and it's just you and the Lord. But you also want to get to the point where you can pray out loud. Now, I'm not going to ask you to get up here and, and, and pray on the, on the stage get you out of your comfort zone, but I would encourage you to pray out loud so we see unified prayer. We also see in this, in this prayer gathering a scriptural prayer. They prayed the promises of God found in Scripture. In verse 25 through 26, as I read this earlier, it said this, and this is all taken um, from, uh, from Psalms that David wrote. Right there, and uh, Psalms 102, and it basically says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The earth, the kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And so, what they do is they use scripture to pray and they And they claim the promises of God. Scripture has about 4,000 promises of God. When we claim them and echo our amens, we praise God for his glory. How foolish we can be if we don't use the promises of God to make our prayers more powerful. You have the tools in your hand to find the promises of God in scripture that matches your situation. Whatever situation you're in. And I use this all the time. I, I get my phone out. And if I'm, I'm facing a situation, or let's say if I'm going to go talk to a family or pray with someone, I will say, okay, what is some scripture? I'll just Google it. I don't know. I don't know all, every single scripture. I just Google it. Hey, what's in what's prayer? What, I mean, what's some scripture dealing with this situation? And I'll look through there and say, you know, hey, that is a great scripture. Now, I've read them all because I've read through the Bible many times. But I will go back to them and say, yes, that is a great spiritual truth. That is a great promise. I'm going to include that in my prayer. Why? Because what you're doing is you're bringing the words of God, and you're, you're using that in your prayer. We're going to stand on his word. We, we just got through singing a song about that. Okay. We are going to take him at his word. And, and how do we show that we're going to take him at his word? We're going, to sh- we're going to read it. We're going to include it in our prayer. So when you pray, use the word of God, which is powerful, and you can use that in your certain situation. So well, Pastor Frank, I don't know all the scriptures. Neither do I. But you can use all the tools at your disposal to find out what those are. And here's just some examples. Say if certain challenges, if you have a challenge in your life, the Bible says we are more than conquerors. If you have financial issues, the Bible says this, my God will supply all your needs through his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, when when you're in financial issues, say, God, I just, I need you, please, to meet our needs. Please help us with this. And and your word says, my God will supply all your needs. Take him at his word. When you include his word in your prayer, it just brings more power. Because you can say, hey God, remember you said that. (laughs) You had that written That came from you. That came from your Holy Spirit. I'm just quoting you, God. And then you will see another powerful element in your prayer come alive. Let's say a fear. If you're walking in fear, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That is a promise. Whom shall I fear? And if you go on reading more of that, you talk, talk more about fear. But you, when you are facing fear, you can, you can quote the promises of God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Question mark. No one. Let's say if you have health, health issues. Praise the Lord who heals all your diseases. What about safety? If you're concerned about safety, the Lord will watch over your coming and going. Y'all, you want to take prayer to the next level? Use God's word. Use the word of God. In fact, next week in this series, starting next week, we're going to give you some models of prayer-based prayer based on scripture, that's gonna take your prayer life to another level. And something you can use every day, and not just when you're in the emergency room. When you pray the promises of God, you're focusing on God's power and limitless resources rather than the problem of your limited ability to solve it. We have limited ability to solve it. To solve the problem, your Heavenly Father is bigger than any situation you will ever encounter. So, these guys who prayed together after Peter and John, they were unified. They were all praying. All of them praying. I imagine they were all together in a room and they were all praying at the same time. All this confusion. No, it's not. Not to God. <laughs> not to God. I mean, when we pray, we're not, we're not praying to, to one another. We're praying to God through the Holy Spirit. We can all pray together. I imagine that we're all praying together out loud. And because the whole room was shaken, the power of God rested upon them, came upon them on that place. And so their prayer was unified, their prayer involved scripture. And last we see in this, in this prayer meeting is this. They demonstrate boldness. They demonstrated boldness. As we start reading in, in verse 29, now, Lord, this is part of their prayer, consider their threats, the threats of the Sanhedrin. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They were praying for more healing. (laughs) They were praying, Lord, we're we're not going to stop. We need your power, and we're going to pray boldly that your healing power will go forth and heal even more people. So when we pray, we need to pray with Boldness. When we request this same kind of boldness, it indicates how much we're willing to rely on God. When you pray, bear, when you pray bold prayers, you rely upon God. Not, not just, you know, prayers. I don't know, that... Sometimes, and I catch myself doing this. I'll, I'll pray a prayer, like when my, my kids leave, leave the house and they're on a trip. Lord, watch over them, protect them, cover them with Your precious blood. And and that's great. Okay, Lord, let us have a good day. Those are great prayers, but those aren't their bold prayers. Those aren't the bold prayers in our life. Here's a bold prayer. Lord, sometime today, show me someone, a stranger, that I need to walk up to and give them a word to you, your word to them, or just pray for them. Lord, give me someone today. Students, you go to school, you can pray. For God to give you boldness to do that. Students, I would encourage you at your school. This room right here is a a worship space right now. But guess what? Tomorrow, it's going to be a cafeteria. And there's going to be lots of students here. I would encourage no matter where you go to school. Students, you want to do something bold? You get you and a few friends. Stand up in the cafeteria. Hold hands and pray. That is bold. That is bold. Bold and asking God to do amazing stuff that is beyond even our understanding, even big, big things. We can pray for big things. We demonstrate that our circumstances cannot get in the way of a mighty move of God in power. God seems to delight in answering our requests for his boldness. We even see this in James. You don't have to turn there, but just James 5.16. It says this, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, avails much. The effective and fervent prayer. Those two adjectives right there, effective and fervent, are actually one word in the Greek, and, it's, uh, and, and that wo- Greek word is energio. It's connected to the idea of energy. This is the kind of boldness in prayer that reflects God's mighty power. Can I tell you something? The devil likes weak prayers. He likes those weak prayers, ones that are passive, detached, distracted, disengaged if our prayers are are possible for us to fulfill then they almost it's almost like we're disrespecting God and not relying upon his power if you just pray a prayer Lord let me have a good day I mean a lot of that is how you your outlook your attitude how you respond to those things yeah you could you could pray that prayer but let's move beyond that. Let's move beyond that to something that is bold. If you, want to see some, if you want to see the power of God move in your life, then you need to ask the Lord for something that is beyond your control and something that you can't do without the power of God. In, uh, coming in and being a part of that. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. They do. Bold prayers honor God. It's all throughout Scripture. Joshua, son, stand still. <laughs> It doesn't get much bolder than that. Son, stand still. That's a bold prayer. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Now, I'm not up here saying, a name it, claim it. That's not not what we preach. That's not what I'm saying. You got to name it, you can claim it. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us just moving beyond those everyday little prayers that we pray. And those are fine, we can pray those. But I encourage you, get to a place where you are praying bold prayers. You got people in your life who don't know Christ. Say, man, there's no way God can save them. You kidding me? Yes, He can. Pray bold prayers Pray bold prayers Lord I pray you save them You speak to them You knock on their heart's door You do something in their life I remember when I was When I was in high school I may have shared this story As, as I've shared my dad was a truck driver And I was in high school My dad was far away from God And I prayed this prayer I said Lord I ask you to let something happen to my dad. An accident that will not end his life, but that will wake him up. Three days later, we get a phone call. My dad was driving in Colorado. His truck jackknife flipped. He threw out the front window. Truck flipped over him. And he was in the hospital just a few few scratches concussion came back home and he got he got right with the lord he did and after that happened i was like wow god you do answer bold prayers and i didn't want to think i didn't want my dad to die absolutely not i just wanted god to, to wake him up to wake him up. Do something. Whatever God you want to do. And so. You can pray a prayer. Whether it be someone who doesn't know Christ. Or someone who needs healing. Or, or, or just someone. Just someone who is. Lonely. And they're, they're in despair. If you're facing a situation. Pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers. You've got to step out in boldness. We are the bride of Christ. Walk down that aisle in boldness and in beauty. We as a church need to do that. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. And as I close, I want to share words of a song that that we're gonna we're gonna sing next week it's a new song I know I know I've been introducing some new songs to y'all and by the way if you we send this out on email we send this out on Facebook we put the new songs for, for that week the next week we put them out there on there's a YouTube playlist you can access it in fact you can just on our main our, our number that we that you could text, 833 429 6868, it's in your bulletin. If you just text the word music, it, it'll, it'll send you right to the YouTube playlist. So I encourage you to, to listen to those songs. We do that so that you can have those throughout the week. We'll, I'll try to post, uh, try to put that, update that playlist later on tonight. So that way you can hear these songs. But there's a song we're gonna sing called More Than Able. And this is a song, this is a song that has been, um, I mean, this is a song that has been ministering to me like you wouldn't believe. See if I can get through these words, and it says this when did I start to forget all of the great things you did when did I throw away faith for the impossible how did I start to believe you weren't sufficient for me why do I talk myself out of seeing miracles hmm And it moves on to the chorus. You are more than able. You are more than able. Again, you are more than able. And then here's the punchline that's been haunting me for weeks. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to deny what the Lord can do. How many times have we denied what the Lord can do in our life because we step in and we feel like we can fix it and we feel like we could do something better than rely upon God to do a bold move in our life. How many times have we denied what the Lord can do? He's more than able. He is more than able. Don't take that away from God. The big things, the bold things in your life, the things that you're sitting here and you've given up on, you've taken that away. Don't give up. I started praying for my grandmother. In high school to receive Christ before she died this past year. She is praying prayers every night. Praying those prayers every night, inviting Jesus. He is more than able. Prayer is powerful. And prayer is powerful when it's united with other believers. And this is why it's so important for you to come to church, for you to pray together with other believers. Prayer is powerful when you involve scripture. When you remind God, He doesn't need to be reminded, but when you remind God, hey, God, you said this, you said this in your word, I'm gonna take you at your word. And here's my prayer. And then when you pray with boldness, I want us to get at that point. Every day. We often pray bold prayers when we're in the life's emergency rooms. But we can pray bold prayers every day. Yes, we can. Because he's more than able. He's more than able. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we... Uh, finish out this. I just, I want the Holy Spirit to just do a great work in, in, uh, in this service as we close it out. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Maybe, maybe you're listening right now online, or maybe you're listening later, or you're here in the service. And you maybe have sort of given up on something. I want you to, first of all, just ask the Lord to forgive you, For denying what he can do. (laughs) For denying what he can do. Because he's more than able. Tell him that. Lord, you are more than able. You are more than able. And if you're sitting here today and you face that, just commit to the Lord. Lord, I will continue to make those bold prayers. And if you're here today or watching or listening online, and if you have not accepted Christ as Savior, I invite you to do that. He is more than able to save you from the things in your life. If you've done some bad things or, or, or if you're just trying to fill a, a gap, a hole in your heart, in your life, and you, you've tried so many things, so many friends, and it's just not happening. Jesus is the one who can fulfill that. And so all you got to do is surrender your life to him. Just say, Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me my sin. You're more than able to save me. I believe in you. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So if you prayed a prayer like that for the first time, we'd love for you to know. uh, to know about that, you could just send me an email, frank at lakepointonline.com, or talk to me after the service. And, um, but also, just know this. I want to encourage you. This right here, these wristbands, use them this week. Pray first. Pray first, make it a priority, and then take it to another level. Pray with power. Pray with power. Call someone to pray with you. You can call me. You can call Pastor Terry. We have elders. We have other people in the church. Call and ask them to pray with you. Okay? Involve others. Involve scripture. And pray with boldness this week. Next week, we're going to give you some prayer models. That's some scripture that's going to help take all of our prayers to the next level. All right? Okay. Did you did, did all feel like you got the, the Lord spoke to you today? Just... You can just shake your head like that or or whatever. Okay, I I just, it is my prayer that God speaks through the Holy Spirit to all of us here today. Even when I was speaking, the Lord spoke to me, okay? Because it's not my words, it's his words. We love you guys. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you all. Pray first.